You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. All right, well, tonight is Lesson 3, continuing. uh, I am a member uh, that Pastor Tom has been teaching the past uh, two uh, weeks here. And we know that uh, I am a member... Uh, we're talking and discussing membership. Um, I listened to, I heard all of the places everyone was a member to that first night. Uh, Brother Jeff Ruby's was Clinton. I was just listening to all of them. So it had me opening my wallet looking through as I was trying to be a part as I was uh, listening to that lesson. So that was good. But uh, following Christ includes belonging, not just believing. Everybody agree with that? It includes belonging, not just believing. So we're members of his body, and his body is what? The church. We're going to keep talking about that tonight. C.S. Lewis noted, the word membership is, is of Christian origin, but the world has emptied it of all of its original meaning. Meaning, stores, as we talked about that first week, often disc, offer discounts to members, and advertisers use member names to create Mailing lists. How many of you are on mailing lists from something you signed up for? You're a member. Yeah, you don't want to be a member anymore, do you? All right. In churches, membership is often reduced to simply adding your name to a role. Okay? It's being added to a, a, a roll call or a list where they're taking attendance with no requ- requirements or expectations. To Paul, though, as Pastor Tom spoke last week, being a member of the church meant being a vital organ of a living body, an indispensable, interconnected part of the body of Christ. We need to recover and practice the biblical meaning of membership. Everybody say amen. Amen. The church is a body, not a building. Everybody say amen. amen. This is not just an organization. Everybody say amen. I want it to be more than just a place I come in and check that off for the list. I want it to be more than just a place that I say I'm a part of. I want to be a member. I want to be a part of the body of Christ. Membership in the family of God is neither inconsequential nor something to be casually ignored. The church is God's agenda for the world. Matthew 16, 18 says, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I'll I'll say a quick disclaimer. I gave Brother Forrest a bunch of crazy verses, so I already know some of them aren't going to line up with the same translation, but thank you all ahead of time for your grace. You know what we're saying. Everybody right? We're good. All right. I appreciate it. The church is indestructible and will exist for eternity. Anybody believe that? The church is what's going to last. The church is what's going to go on. This world is going to go away, right? It will outlive this universe, and so will our role in it. The people who says, I don't need the church, is either what? Arrogant or ignorant. People that say they don't need a church. Off of what we just read in the Word of God, just these few verses. The church is so significant that what? Jesus died for it. He died on the cross. Ephesians 5.25, for husbands, this means love your wives. We'll leave that for a different series. But it says, just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. Christ gave up his life for the church. That's how significant the church was. And that's the words that are used here. So are we the church? Yeah. Are you an active part of the body? Then we are all members. So let's make sure of it tonight. Amen. 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 So if we're a member, we have a mission We have a mission here as the body, and the Calvary Church's mission is the Calvary Church exists to help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and live out His purpose. How do we do that? We have environments set up where we're intentionally allowing our members to actively carry out our mission, and we do that. We accomplish that in these environments by what? Belong locally. Learn truth, experience transformation, share light, and what? Serve others. So then there are environments 
our, our environments are what then? They're built. Where do we get these from? We get these from our core values that our members uh, institute, okay? So TCC is guided by the core values. We value the will of God at any cost. Anybody see that sign for the first time when, when Pastor Tom mentioned that last week? It becomes a quick piece of the scenery, right? Or, or you're like, well, I haven't had a drink of water here in over a year. <laughs> All right, well, you know, not next Wednesday, look at the sign as you get a, a drink of water. We should probably run that for a little bit, the water, right? I'm sure Keegan's taking a drink out. We're probably okay because he hasn't gotten sick from it. I'm sorry. The second is we value the Bible as the supreme authority. Third, we value an inclusive, compassionate community expressed by diversity. Fourth, we value relevance pursued with excellence. And lastly, we value stewardship embodied in generosity. So we need to what? Help create these environments to carry out the missions. How can you do that? <coughs> Didn't want to cough in there. How do we do that? How do we, how do we operate? How do we execute these as a member? We can't just say, everybody just said, yeah, I agree with those. Then how do we do that? We have to do what? We have to participate somehow as a member within the body, especially while we're operating here and outside of our scheduled services, right? That makes sense to us in saying that. Well, here's going to be my plug, right? And I'm just going to carry this out through the night. We have ministry teams, Okay, don't get nervous. There's no ministry team, a, a sneaky ministry team sign up tonight or this Sunday. But that's part of, of what this is. This is, that's how, that's how we can execute this, right? Is through ministry teams. Is, um, that's how we're uh, working through these environments. So what is ministry teams though to the Calvary Church? Like what, what is the core? What is ministry teams about? Why then at the end of all this, am I saying ministry teams? Because ministry teams is how we what? How we serve. And we serve because why? Because we're members. Okay? So that's what tonight is about, is about serving others. Okay? So we have the responsibility and the opportunity to share our lives with those around us. Christ was our example of giving and he told us in Acts that what? It's truly what? It, we're more blessed to give than to receive, right? We always tell this to kids when they end up with too much candy, right? That's always a quick line. It's amazing how, how fast we remember that verse in that moment. Oh, well, it's, more, it's better to give than to receive. Or if somebody took something and you know they're not getting it back and it's not worth it, right, with that other kid, that other child. All right, I'll move on. So we live in a me first or me only culture. Enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? Right? That's how we, and, if, and we don't even remember what we said after that comes out. This culture is consumed with being self-aware, self-absorbed, self-reliant. Does all of this self produce a better you? Does that produce a better me when we're self-absorbed? We're constantly doing everything for ourselves. It doesn't. It doesn't. Second Timothy 3, 1 and 2, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. The Bible warns us that we can be like this. He's talking to us ahead of time. Hey, you, you can be this way. Whether you got the Holy Ghost or not, you, you can have moments where you have been doing nothing but worrying, loving yourself, taking care of yourself, and not doing what? Not making sure that we're loving God and loving others, the two greatest commandments. As followers of Christ, how should we think about ourselves and others in? Philippians 2, 3 through 4, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Of others, right? The Bible can constantly points us to uh, focusing on others. Who was the ultimate example? Christ is the supreme example of a servant. Uh, in Philippians 2, 5 through 7, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, linking us to that verse of put on the mind of Christ, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. 
okay, hear me out, but made, or listen to the word of God, then hear me out, but made of himself no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Fully God and fully man. The ability to be and do more than any of us could ever imagine in this human flesh and chose in that flesh, right, and taking that on to do what? To be, uses the word, a bondservant, right? To be a servant. That's pretty straightforward uh, for us. So it says here in John 13, 4 and 5, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel. At this point, they knew very much so who he was and what God was doing through him, who he was and what he was capable of. John 13, 15, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. If, if, if God, if Jesus Christ that walked this earth was doing that to his followers, what then should we be doing to serve others? Especially, especially, hear me, in the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters that we walk this with. Has anybody been keeping up on the news uh, series of The Chosen? Raise your hand. All right, we got a couple. Man, that just keep it. I'm like, man, I've read or heard that story. I've heard this preach. I've listened to this so many times, but there is just something about all of our senses, right? Seeing something or, you know, experiencing something a different way than how much that all comes together. I think this last one we watched, the disciples were arguing around the campsite and Jesus had been performing all the miracles and he came by and was saying goodnight to them. And everybody stopped arguing and stuff. But in that moment, even when his mother Mary is telling about the fact that she was in awe, I was, I was hanging on to her words as she was trying to describe that. But she was like, I, I was just amazed that he needed me. She believed this was the Messiah. She knew and believed it was God. And here she was like, and he, he still needed me. Fully God, fully man came in so susceptible to all the things that we have been, but ended up being and was the ultimate example uh, for all of us. So we were created then to do what? I mentioned this earlier, the two greatest commandments. We were created to worship and to love God and to love other people. No one who calls themselves a follower of Jesus Christ gets a pass to serving others. We can't fake this. We can't, we can't fake it. This is, there's nothing else we can do to get around these two greatest commandments. We either love God and love others or we don't. And so what, so what are these things? Where does this come from? So, and, and what do we got to do first even to get our mind right? We have to shift our, our thinking, right? We got to get out of the comfort of worrying about ourselves and we have to process the way Christ did. And how did he process? What was his end result and his ultimate thing for us was what? Sacrifice. Not a little bit, not halfway, not three-fourths, 100%. He died for us. That's a different way of, of, of thinking for us. Since God, Romans 12:1, since God has shown us great mercy, offer your lives then as a living sacrifice to him. Mark 10, 29, 30, Jesus replied, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for love of me and, and to tell others than the good news who won't be given back a hundred times over. All these will be his here on earth and in the world to come. He shall have eternal life. We're giving, we're following the example for an, for an eternal reward. So where do I start? How do I, you know, as I'm, as I'm putting on the mind of Christ, as I'm changing these things in what I do, what's my focus? What areas am I looking at? These are the areas that I'm just reminding of us tonight. We all know better, but it's just amazing. We stop and think, man, yeah, I needed to check myself in these things. It doesn't matter how long I've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how long I've been practicing, practicing these things. But we've got to do what? I've got to honor God with my time, my treasure, and my talents. It comes down to these three things. It can all be categorized in that, right? My time, my treasure, and my talents. 
Ephesians 5.16 says, So be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. God, help us to make the most of every opportunity in our lives. Proverbs 3.9, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. With my treasure, God, help me to honor you. 1 Peter 4.11, God has given us gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them so that God's generosity can, can flow through you. There's certain gifts and talents. One of mine's singing. I have to give back to that. Just make sure you guys are listening. <laughs> right? We have to make sure that we understand and know who gave us that gift and talent. Who is, and by doing what? By giving back and serving, you're saying what? God, I'm giving this back to you. I acknowledge that this is not mine to keep. This is not mine just to lift myself up, but it's to do what? It's to serve you and serve others. Everything that we do in life in this way should reflect and show uh, uh, those two things. So clearly God's word shows that the Lord wants his followers to be generous with their time, treasure, and talent. So the first one, time. This is our calendars and our schedules. We have no problem giving time to what we deem important or significant. How can we be generous with our time? There are many areas that require our time and attention in our walk with God. Attending church services, take our time. It took time, it's taking time from your day to be here. You knew you had to schedule, you processed dinner, no dinner. I'm not sure where you're at right now. A couple people look hangry. I don't know where you're at in the day, but you're here giving your time to church and to the service here. Daily devotion and prayer, that takes time. Areas of service and assistance to others requires time and effort. It takes time to pick someone up for church that doesn't have a way. It takes time to teach a home Bible study. It takes time to prepare for a Sunday school lesson. It takes time to serve on a ministry team. Are you with me? Yeah, this, this all takes time. We know that it takes time. So the time you invest in others and the kingdom of God is time well spent, and you will see the rewards of the investment not only now, but why are we really doing it? It makes us feel good to get a pat on the back sometimes. It makes us feel good when someone says, hey, I just want to say thanks for taking the time. If you don't want somebody to say that, you should work in youth ministry. Just kidding. <laughs> you watch kids walk away sometimes, you're like, it's all right. They'll, they'll get it one day. They're going to understand one day. And every once in a while, like a decade later, someone will come back, hey, I just want to say thanks for taking me out to eat 30 times. You're like, no, I don't. You know, I knew you were going to come back. So, you know, but uh, maybe this is why people, did, no repeat, did anybody sit on the, over here playing when anybody else is speaking? Just that Ray Bolt song's in my head, Brother Danny. <clears throat> Dreamed I went to heaven. You were there with me. We, we walked upon the streets of gold. All right. I was trying to fade it out a little bit. It's pretty close. I should have done this. Have anybody ever seen that old video with Ray Bolts and he's got his hair like permed? You should look it up. It's powerful. He's like standing by the piano and he starts in and people are excited. But I do. I love that song. That, the chorus, right, the line is, thank you for giving to the Lord. And it just talks about all the people when he gets to heaven, all the people that are thanking them for the time that they gave serving others, investing in people that helped them make it there. Um, okay, somebody help me on time. Sorry. So uh, the guys were here. There was contractors here fixing the flat roof today. The guys that were here doing that, okay, Brother Joe Pasley, Brother Joe Pasley baptized them over a decade ago in prison. I wish I'd have been ahead of myself on this. I'd have showed you the picture. And, and uh, he, they were here. They do amazing work, amazing work on like outside uh, construction. But he baptized them in prison. When they got out of prison, 
and they have to have Bible studies thing. There's, I've got pictures on my phone of them being baptized here. And I'm talking the full array of what you would think of, of people that were in prison. They deserve to be there is what I'm saying. They did, they did, they checked off the list of why you have to go to prison. Okay. You would never know it if you were just talking to these guys on the phone and they give all the credit of giving their life to Christ when they were in prison and they thank Brother Joe constantly, constantly. And, and when you talk to Brother Joe, I know he's, he's a mover and a shaker. He's constantly moving. He has given hours, beyond hours, what people would normally do for a full-time job then at the prisons in the evenings and on, on the weekends. And the lives that he's touched and the lives that he's helped turn to Christ and doing that work through God is just unbelievable. But these guys even text him, and this is what made me think of it, why they were here this week. And he was telling Brother Joe, and Brother Joe was kind enough to share it, and I'll probably be in trouble now with Brother Joe later, but he was kind enough to share with me how he was telling Brother Joe, when I met you when I was in prison, I didn't know and couldn't find my mom. My dad had no grandparents. You showed and opened a life to me that I never knew about. And he said, now we run our own business. And he, was, he had sent him a picture of a new truck that he had just bought. Never had a truck like this, been running a business for years and said, we're getting this wrapped where we continue to have work. Our business is thriving all because you shared Christ with me. So amen, amen, amen. All right, number two, treasure, our money and wealth. How does my giving reflect his mission? 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Just as you excel in everything else, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness. So from 2 Corinthians 8, 7. See that you also excel in the grace of giving. Did you know, and I know you do. This is a, a good time to be reminded, though. The Bible talks more about giving than it does about either heaven or hell, over half of the parables Jesus told have to do with the subject of money. There are more promises in the Bible related to giving than to any other subject. Your giving is very important to God and to your spiritual life. It's important that we have giving. We have it subjected to how God is leading us to and to how God is leading us through the word of God. So there's seven benefits and seven reasons of why God wants me to give. Giving makes me like God. John 3.16 is what? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Giving. This is on giving. Number two, giving draws me closer to God. Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Number three, Giving is the antidote to materialism. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, this is in the NIV. Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant nor to put hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, put, uh, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they may take hold of the life that is truly Life, So it helps us to put that aside. Number four, giving strengthens my faith. Proverbs 3, 5 through 9. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of your income and he will fill your barns to overflowing. Amen, amen. Number five, giving is an investment in eternity. First Timothy 6, 18 and 19. It says, give happily to those in need and always be ready to share whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. I feel like I can't read those verses without hearing Pastor Norman R. Pazley II in my head. When he would preach about this stuff, he would preach so adamantly and with fervor, just saying like, come on, this is a, a no-brainer. And no one practiced it better than he did. I know we've talked about it before. I know somebody, if you were here under the time he was pastor, you have something in your closet, in your house, in your garage. You've saved a card. You've done something. He gave you, he, he gave you something because that was one of his favorite things was to give and to invest in people. You've got a book with that 
Very fancy handwriting. I tried a couple times. That's hard to imitate that. Number six, bless, giving blesses me in return. Proverbs 22, 9, a generous man himself will be blessed. And number seven, giving makes me happy. Jesus said in Acts 20, there is more happiness in giving than receiving. Now to six points in on what the Bible teaches about tithing. You can't talk about giving then without talking about tithing and the importance of it. What is tithing? Tithing simply means a tenth, a tenth part, right? A tenth part of what you receive, which we always equate in the wording of 10%. Number two, what is the difference between tithe and an offering? A tithe is giving the first tenth of my income. An offering is giving anything I give above my tithe. Why should I tithe? Because God's word commands it. Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, a tenth of all you produce is the Lord's and it's holy. Jesus commanded it from Matthew in 23, Matthew 23, Jesus commanded it. In Deuteronomy 14, tithing demonstrates that God has first place in my life. I'm giving to God the first of what I have. I'm telling him, you're the first thing that's important. When I get, when I receive money or I get my check, if that's even my first thought, I challenge us to think right away. That should be our first thought is, okay, 10% is to the church. And, and I know you might have something, you know, uh, separated or set aside for this. That's why you were doing that. And then you're even asking as you go through this, is there anything else I could give to Deuteronomy 8 tells us that tithing reminds me that everything I have was given to me by God. All that I have was given to me by God. He's just in what? He's asked me to manage it. He's entrusted me with what I've been given. Psalms 116, it says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? Tithing expresses what? My gratitude to God. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for allowing me to have this job. Thank you for this financial blessing in whichever way that it came. God says that refusing to tithe is stealing from him. This should be a verse that scares us. Mele Chai, also known as Malachi 3, 8 through 10 says, God says, will a man rob God? I'm just trying to see if I get it. It helps me spell it too. You know what I mean? Does that help you spell it? Mele chai. All right. Sounds like a good drink at Starbucks, too. It could, it could be a spiritual drink. All right. Malachi 3, 8 through 10. God says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you ask, how do we rob you? God says, in tithes and offerings, bring your whole tithe to my house. Tithing gives God a chance to prove that what? that he exists also from Malachi in that same chapter and wants to bless you by living on 90%, but trusting him for 100%. It says in Malachi, test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have room enough for it. Trust God. Amen. Trust God. John 14, 15, if you really love me, do what I command. We just read that God commands us to do it. We just read that if we don't do it, we're robbing God. We're not giving him gratitude. We're not showing him appreciation. So tithing proves that I what? It proves that you really love God. It proves that we love God, that we trust him with this, with this topic that he mentioned so much in the Bible, knowing why it's something that, we, we will struggle with. But he gives us the guidance. He gives us the wisdom to overcome that. What should I tithe? The first part of what I earn, not the leftovers. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. Where should I give my tithe? Where I, you ready? Belong, learn, experience, share, and serve where you're being fed by the word of God, where you're growing, where you're in these environments that you're a part of and that you have consumed. So when should I tithe? As often as you get paid any type of income and however you get paid, whether that's daily, weekly, bi-monthly, monthly, depending on your pay schedule. And we learned that even from uh, 1 Corinthians. It says, on the first day of every week, set aside some of what you have earned and give it as an offering. 
as an offering. Amen, amen. So how do we, how do we give, uh, how giving at the Calvary Church supports God's mission? I know Pastor Tom has, has shared this multiple times, but in, in case somebody doesn't know, there's multiple things you can give to. Right, you can tie that first ten percent. Then our off offerings are, are multiple things you can give to as God leads you. We have just the normal offerings that 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 supports our operations. We have the Promise Project. We have First Fruits. We have the Bishop Scholarship. We have missions, and we know that our missions does a great work. The the offerings that you give here literally goes around the world. I think it was on maybe it was on All Nations Sunday or the Sunday after. It was a Sunday after when, when Pastor Tom referenced that, but he was explaining how we have 500 missionary personnel just within the UPCI that's doing what? They're helping and teaching and training over 20,000 ministers, preaching the gospel to what we've recorded to almost 3 million people, over 28,000 churches in 168 nations. That's what our offerings is a part of when we give to missions. And that means something. And we should know that and understand that. But we do a lot of different things from She's for Christ, Tupelo Children's Mansion. We've helped support other local churches as they've started up. Uh, missions trips, ladies and men's ministry, children's ministries. We're, our church is a part of that. Our giving is going towards that yearly, monthly. Amen, amen. Everybody say talents. Talents, talents. Our natural gifts, intellects, and abilities. How can we be generous with our talents? God created each of us with unique abilities and interests so that we can be a benefit and blessing to his body, the church, and his kingdom. What does this look like then in real time? What does this look like for us here as a body? Serving on a weekly ministry team. I'm going to keep circling back to that. That's what we have. That's how we make these environments happen is through our ministry teams. So we have the ability then to be a part of a weekly ministry team and be involved also. Another way is in life groups. Romans 6.13 says, give yourselves completely to God, every part of you. You want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for good for purposes. God has those who have been brought from death to life. What has Christ done for you? Then what can you in turn give back to him and to others, right? So I ask you a question tonight. When you think of your life's investment, when you think of your time, your talent, and your treasure being used for the kingdom of God, okay, nowhere else. When you just process this building and this body that you're a part of, when you think of your time your treasure, and your talent, all three combined from zero to 100, where do you think you're landing? You could use a range if it helps. <laughs> where do you think you're landing? Just stop and think about that tonight. When you think about what you give to this body, to the church, back to God and to others, where do you land in a percent in these three categories? If we're challenging ourselves, we're processing that moment. We're really thinking, where, where do I fall and what's acceptable? I don't know. That's between you and God. That's between you and God. Where, what number is acceptable in there? And how you could probably sit down and figure it out. You probably could financially easily, your total finances. We can calculate total time in the week. Right? We can total time then outside of work. We need to sleep, so we're not saying that, but then taking that time, then what's the percent? What's the percent then that we're given to these things of, and I'm sorry, I know if you had a long day or, boy, it's, it's been a week just this day or a month this week, I know that stuff happens, but we know what? At the end of the day, when we're sitting here especially, we know what really matters, and that's why we get challenged in these moments. We're thinking like, yeah, I, I need to correct a few things. I need to make a couple notes and I, while I'm moving forward. Matthew 6, 20 and 21 says, store your treasures in heaven where they cannot be destroyed by moss or rust and where thieves cannot break in and steal them. Your heart will be where your treasure is. When Jesus spoke that to the crowd that day, they were looking at him so confused. Well, I don't think we're confused with what he means by that today. We know what that means in storing our treasures in heaven. The best 
investment we can do is getting people into heaven. So this is done through our family, our church, our community. So once again, how can we do this? We can serve on a ministry team here at Calvary. We can serve others. Are there other things that people have done and do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a neighbor that's in great need that you look out and take care of a couple times a year, weekly, um, whatever that might be? Did I see Sister Phoebus here tonight? Sister Phoebus has a neighbor that we're connected through. It's one of our, our contractors that we work for. And the secretary, they mow her grass. They look out for her. They're, they're serving others. She serves others, and they, they look out. Not, I tell her all the time, the Calvary Church thanks you, and we're indebted to you for that work that you do. It's nothing against. I'm not saying one of us should do it. It's just a good example to say, is there anybody else around you that you could help or do in such a way? That's serving others. That's serving others in our time. But serving others on a ministry team here, why do we say that? Why do we encourage that? Because we believe that a disciple, we're all called to be disciples, is called to produce fruit that benefits others in our family, in our church, in our community. We feel those who consider themselves members at the Calvary Church should serve right, should serve on a weekly ministry team and share the gifts and talents with the body of Christ. So how do we do that and in what way? It's it's our four core ministry values in serving. We do what? We care about people. Anybody in here care about people? I think this church cares about people. We do what? We connect in relationships. That's how God designed us. That's how God defined it. That's the example he had for us. We communicate what? Through truth. We value truth and believe that we should strive to make sure we both know those who we minister with and we should be known by what? By truth. And then lastly, we celebrate. We value good works and what God does in and through others and believe that we're called to encourage one another to good works. So care, connect, communicate, and celebrate. If you can do those things, which I know we all can, we can be a part of a ministry team here at Calvary. So in conclusion, my, my last thoughts here as I'm wrapping things up tonight. Uh, Tom Rayner, which I know Pastor Tom, Pastor Kristen, probably even Sister Reed have used him. He writes a lot of books uh, referencing uh, churches, but he wrote a book called I'm a Member. We're probably, some of his notes are spread out through here and maybe even our membership classes But he says in his book, he explains that the word servant is mentioned 57 times in the New Testament. So I know when you're very specific with the word that that there's other words close to it even that maybe aren't even included in that. So I got to looking, but the word serve is mentioned way more than that. And just as a point of reference, the word lead or leader is mentioned a lot less than both of those. Right? That, that, that explains and tells us. I'm like, I was like, okay, I know this, but I'm just going to look it up real quick. I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Why? Because that's the point God and Jesus wanted us to get, right? So servant, sometimes it is ref, referring to a person in the Bible here. It's referring to a person who has that official role, maybe in a household, but many times it refers to the role we are to assume as a Christian, Remember, fully God, fully man. What did he try to what did he what did he decide to do? Serve. He decided to serve. Mark 9:35 it says, and he sat down and called the 12 and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. If you want to be first, if you want to get ahead, it's not like, okay, I'll be last and then I'll get caught up to the front when they actually start serving food, right? That's not the idea, right? Even though that's always the joke, right? Somebody gets somewhere, you're in the back, and then they open another lane and you're like, well, the last shall be first, yeah. And you just walk, you walk over. I don't think that's what God was intending for us to understand or mean by that. (coughs) He was saying, by putting others before you, Right By serving me and serving others, great is your reward. Great will be your reward. Amen, amen. But here's the issue, right? We get caught up in our preferences. 
Okay, here's our real moment. Everybody say real moment. All right, thank you. I was, I was just thinking, should I make people raise their hands like, all right, all, all, I always say all the cards on the table. This is our real, this is the heart to heart moment, right? We're in the huddle. Everybody lean in a little bit. We're in the huddle. Yeah. All right, this is the, the, the coach's moment. We took a timeout and we're trying, to, we're trying to win the game here in fourth quarter. There is a lot on the line. <laughs> this, our soul. I mean, come on. I mean, all right, everybody back in the huddle. All right, <laughs> back in the huddle. Gather close. All right, we should have had a fire in here tonight. All right, so... Where we get caught up, and I'm talking about myself here, where we get caught up in our humanity is our preferences. Don't tell me you never got upset here at church over something. My grandma just left. (laughs) Playing it off with the old cough. (laughs) Boy, I hope she can't hear me. Right? We get caught up in preferences, desires, and the way, you ready? You ready? And the way things have always been done, a.k.a. the sacred cows, right? We get caught up in the way things are done. It's like, well, we didn't, we didn't used to do it that way. I'm struggling to transition from it, right? And it's a challenge for us. Change is hard for anybody in any category. That's no fun. Change is no fun. But we get caught up in these preferences and these desires and like, well, man, I wish we did this at church and I wish worship was like this and I... I wish we could give like this. And I, w- I could go on and on. And just for the record, I ain't got a problem with any of those things. Okay. Hey, come on. Home stretch. All right. So, but Ephesians 3, 7, it says, Paul, after he became a Christian, he said, of which I became a minister. Okay. Let me double up on that word, right? As you're ministering to people, you're doing what? You're serving, right? As I became a servant, right? As I became a minister, according to the gift of grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. The first thing he did when he got saved, which he was a dynamic, right? He began to serve, all right? I don't think it was just the guilt. The guilt alone could have made him run away. I don't wanna be back around all these people I've been persecuting, He immediately understood. That's what I'm trying to say. He immediately understood, I got to serve others. I got to minister to them. So here's the thing. We'll never find joy in church membership if we are constantly seeking things our way. If we're constantly seeking things our way, I wish it was like this, or you're trying to make it happen. If you're constantly doing that, you're, you're never going to find joy in membership. You're never going to find joy in church. So it's a paradox that we feel great joy when we what? We choose to be last. It, that's a paradox. It doesn't make sense to us. It didn't make sense to the, the crowds when Jesus told them that. But Jesus said, the last will be first. Great will be your reward one day as you continue to serve others. True joy, true joy means give up your rights and preferences and serve everyone else. And that is also what true membership means as well. I could go around this room, 817. Can I have a couple more minutes? Anthony told me he needed a couple more minutes. Leah had two lessons in membership class, so a couple minutes won't hurt us because you can't take anybody else out of here with you, just so you know. I was waiting till 817 to say that. But I could go around this room and pick people, but I'll just pick on people that aren't here. I can't tell you the breath of fresh air that Diana Reed is when she walks into a situation. And I might have mentioned this before, but there's piles of paperwork, emails she hasn't answered, and she's got or needs to have her own agenda that day. But there's another department that's got something else going on real big. And I'm, she's not the only one that does this, but in, in my life, she's a consistent one as I work here with her. And what does she say? How, how could I serve you today? How could I help? And I'm like, you mean it? I'm like, because I was in all those emails that you were in, and I know you got a bunch of stuff to do. And she's like, nope, and, and gives the whole day. And then I watch her leave. What's that mean? That means tomorrow's extra, right? How often do we walk into a situation, situation and think, Glad I ain't them. <laughs> Easier to do sometimes, but it's the concept. It doesn't have to happen just 
at this building. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and take a minute. I don't get any extra brownie points for this, but I love my pastors. And in fact, I could say that about every pastor that we've had at the Calvary Church. I'm proud to call them my pastors. I'm happy to say and can easily say they're in the top. They're people, so I'm not going to glorify them to some God status, but they're some of the best Christians that I know. And I mean that when I say that. And I get to watch them live that out. Pastor Tom, I see him here multiple, because I'm staying late for something or circle back around. He gives of his time to people and other ministries constantly on Monday through Friday. And sometimes I'm like, man, how in the world does he have the energy or mindset then to, to preach on Sunday? That's because he don't sleep Saturday night sometimes. I'm not making anybody feel bad if you met with him late one week, but I watch him and I'm thinking, oh, wow, he's, he's, I talked to him about something. He's up at Oxford one night. Last Friday night, he's driving around with the police. This is in the night after he worked here a full day. He's constantly given of his time. He's, he, he gives of his treasures. He gives of his talents. Pastor Kristen, I, I know she helps him even facilitate that by giving of the time to help their family operate. And number one, taking care of the girls and running the quizzing and helping with decorations. I watch her out here working on yard work. I could go on and on in the list of how they give their time, their treasure and the talents and the example that they are. And I know they're not going to get up here and say it. So let me say it today. They are great examples. Some of the best Christians I know, and I'm thankful they're my pastors. So let me say again for us, and I'm, and I really am, I'm coming, I'm coming down to it. And I know I don't know, do we do app time past 8.15? Just think on those things while we continue. But how many are thankful for the words on the screen? Modern technology. Somebody volunteers their time for that. How many are thankful when disaster, let's just put COVID aside for a second. I realize that's where we've been living. But what about when you've had a surgery or disaster or something, it hits your life and you're at home and, the, and you can't physically get here? How thankful are you that you're able to watch church from home and be blessed by it? Somebody volunteers and coordinates time for that to happen. How many people who have had a baby here at the church come here and they're thankful to come in here and worship freely, right? Because you've dropped your child out the nursery. There's people volunteering in there. How many are thankful that your kids are excited to come here and go to a class? There's people up there volunteering. How many are thankful that the youth don't just meet here on our scheduled time, but they got events. They got extra services that they're going to. They got a group and team that volunteer to oversee the kids as they're going places. How many people are thankful there's fresh towels when somebody gets baptized? Somebody volunteers to wash these, to put them back and make sure they're in place. How many people are thankful when they don't have a vehicle or a way to get here that Joe Bailey picked up someone this last Sunday, that Brother Wilmer comes here early and starts the van route to pick up people that can't get here. They volunteer their time for this. Someone needed to hear the sermon in another language. They don't just walk in and we print notes for them. They're looking through it ahead of time to make sure they're gonna translate this properly. Why? Because they're helping them hear the word of God. They're volunteering extra time for this. They're serving. Singers and musicians arrive, arrive here an hour and a half, sometimes two hours if there's a new song, are up here sweating before church has even started. They're to serve the congregation, to serve that moment and that environment, right, that we've said is important from our core values as members in the body of Christ. They're serving and they're offering their time. How many are thankful when you get here that the doors aren't locked and all the lights aren't off? Well, there's volunteers, there's people that serve and come here and unlock ahead of time. Brother Steve is here every Sunday morning, not just because he lives close, but we're thankful he does. But he still has to volunteer and offer that time. We got a crew that locks up and makes sure this, safe, this space is safe. We've been robbed before at the other church, but we still have been robbed. The building outside, the landscaping, there's different things. People 
offer. I'm, I know people don't want me to say it, but the Wildmans donate and come and plant flowers every single year so our entrance looks presentable. And I want to brag, nicer than most churches because people volunteer and serve and give time to making that look nice. We have a process to be a member in assimilation. People spent time outside of work hours to make sure we had a proper process that lined up with our beliefs and our mission of who we were so not just anybody could be a member. <laughs> I'm just Sorry, bad joke. All right, how many of you were taught a Bible study? That's typically outside the work hours for certain people. I'm glad people served and gave time to that. So if you're thinking tonight, or hopefully you're challenged, look like the youth are out, you can't commit. I'm just reminding us the simple scripture of with God, anything is possible, amen? So God's gonna give us the strength. God's gonna give us the, the, the wisdom so if you want to commit to being a church member of TCC, not just because you took the assimilation classes, right? I don't want to just be a member because I just took the classes and I checked the list off. Because why though? Because God commanded me to do what? Love him and love others and to be what? To be a part of the body, to be a part of this church. So if you're a member of this body, of this church, of the living Christ, I challenge us all to find how we are doing that, how we're being members, how we're serving here at the Calvary Church. And one of the easy ways I've mentioned a couple times is being part of ministry teams here on site. I know, and I'm sorry I didn't get to app time, but if I was to ask you questions, it would be what ministries at TCC have blessed you and your family? If you sat here tonight or on your way home, what ministries... What ministries were those people a part of that blessed your family? What ministries have you been a part of? And then what ministries do you feel challenged or led to be a part of? Amen, amen. Let's just pray in closing. God, I thank you for your word and for the way it challenges us each and every time, God, that we look into it. I just pray that we're challenged tonight, each and every one of us, everyone that has listened or, or, or heard uh, and continues to listen to this series, that we would challenge ourselves, God, to know what you've commanded us to do with our time, our treasures, and our talents. God, help us and direct us, Lord, to be a part of the body. We need the body. We need the church. Every member, every part of that living organ is important. And we need each other, God. We all need to be a part. God, I rebuke any thoughts uh, of the devil, any, any thoughts that have, have said to people that we're not important, we couldn't do something, we can't commit to it in any way, they don't need us, we couldn't accomplish that. that and I, I just rebuke and refuse, God. I refuse for that to be a part of the Calvary Church, God. Help us to lift each other up, God. Help us to encourage one another, God. And help us to be a blessing to each other, God. Help us to love you and to serve each other, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.